It's Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, Sixers off to a 2-0 lead in Toronto, completely dominating games one and two. Game three is tonight as we finish up at 8 o'clock. Philly's looking like the same inconsistent uh, team we've seen over the last couple of years. Hitting season, as Charlie used to say, cannot come soon enough for that bunch. The NFL draft fast approaching as well. Are the Eagles going to make another move? Hmm. Bill, we're going to get to all of that, of course, you know, over the course of the next hour. But I got to say, first of all, as you know, several NBA teams over the last four or five years have been putting sponsor logos on their jerseys. Mm. And now Major League Baseball teams are going to do that starting next year. The Padres with a deal with Motorola. And surprise, surprise, Bill, I've been working on this. I've logged a sponsored deal for us starting next month just in time for the summer grilling season we are going to be sponsored bill by spam that's right spam uh, so say hello sizzle pork and mm, spam don't knock it till you fried it bill i'll well, send you uh, your patch in the next i thought days. i thought you were going to send us that bryce harbor jersey with a philly press box radio logo on it <laughs> i wish i i couldn't get that oh by the way the bad news is we don't get any money for the spam patch agreement but they're going to send us all the spam that we can eat oh okay Let, have, have that sent to your house not to the press box <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Hey, Chet, great guest tonight to cover Philly sports scene and more tonight. We're going to go a little different. Uh, Eagles legend and NFL executive vice president in charge of football operations, Troy Vincent, joins us. Women Against Abuse executive director, Joanna Otero Cruz, will be on with Troy and you shortly. And WIP High Hopes co host, Jack Fritz, will be joining us too to talk Phillies. We are loaded up tonight. Yeah, a couple of first-timers, and what a super nice guy Troy Vincent is, Bill. Joanna is terrific also, and I can't wait to see and hear what Jack has to say about those underachieving Phillies. They did get the big win today, thank goodness. Jack is a diehard Phils fan, I'm sure he's not thrilled with the 5-8 and eight start, but hey, better days are ahead, Bill, I hope. That's right. Well, hey, before we get to our guest, Chet, let's talk a little bit Sixers, because uh, total domination so far, going on the road this time, though, tonight. Uh, it's not over yet. It's not over till it's over, as uh, Yogi used to say. But for the Sixers, things are looking real good. Yeah, they've done almost everything right the first two games in Philly. Very few turnovers. Uh, balanced scoring. Tyrese Maxey showing that he is indeed ready for primetime playoff action. Um, let's see. Uh, Harris has looked really good, surprisingly good, over 20 points a game. They're not going to be intimidated by the Raptors, too. So that is great to see. Now they're in Toronto tonight and Saturday. No Matisse Thibel, which uh, is a whole other issue. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. But they may lose a game in Toronto, but I feel pretty good about this. Well, I, I had to throw out there, uh, Tobias Harris is not just okay. 26.6 rebounds, 6 assists in game one. 20 points, 10 rebounds in game two. That's a whole new di uh, dimension dynamic for this team if he's putting up 20 a game 
Yeah, they got they got four guys now who can legitimately score, assuming, you know, this all continues. Maxie's not going to put up 38 or 23 every single game. Uh, but, yeah, if Harris can score 20, that that is awesome. And, heck, even Danny Green, starting the first two games, uh, put in 11 points the other day, three threes, and that rare dunk by Danny Green. So that was nice to see. Yeah, well, I mean, if Harris can, can be consistent, and even if it's not 20, if it's 15, 14 points, uh, you know, six or eight, ten rebounds a game. So much pressure comes off of Embiid that, uh, you know, it, it just makes for a whole different look for this club. And uh, it also takes a lot of pressure off Harden as well. Yeah, it really does. So I liked what we've seen so far. I thought uh, the much maligned Doc Rivers did a pretty good job coaching. Um, whenever Toronto did start to make a run, you know, he got the, the guys together. Toronto pulled it to within 11 in the midway through the fourth quarter the other night. And he got them going again, and they they won handily. So they've won twice pretty handily. I'm sure tonight's going to be a much closer game. But Scotty Barnes, again, out for Toronto. He may be back for game four. But, man, if, if the Sixers can win this one and then, you know, maybe sweep the series or win it in five, that, that would be awesome because that gives them a little more uh, for the second round, which we assume is a half of this, and they'll be likely playing the Miami Heat in round two. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, Chet, um, let's get to our first guest uh, tonight. Uh, you had a chance to sit down with Troy Vincent, as we said, and Joanna Otero-Cruz to discuss the Eagles, the NFL, and a major fundraiser dish it up at Lincoln Financial Field next month. So um, we'll, we'll tell the, the listeners, viewers, that you, you taped this in advance uh, because of Troy's schedule mainly. Uh, so we're going to turn it over to you. Tell us how it went and let's have it. I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen next month. There's an event called Dish It Up to Benefit Survivors of Domestic Abuse. It's going to happen at Lincoln Financial Field. Joanna, who you're going to meet in a second, and her staff are busy getting everything together for that. Troy Vincent and his wife, Tommy, will be there and will be honored, as a matter of fact, and uh, I got to speak to both Joanna and Troy the other day about not only the event, but, you know, some Eagles talk, as you would expect, also with Troy. And big thanks to the awesome Christine Parsons for helping to set this up. So thank you, Chris, for that. And now here is the chat with Joanna and Troy. Well, this is going to be fun and hopefully informative, too. I'll be talking with a Philadelphia Eagles legend, maybe their best cornerback in their nearly 90-year history. That would be Troy Vincent, plus the executive director of Women Against Abuse, Joanna Otero-Cruz, whose group is hosting a big fundraising event next month at Lincoln Financial Field, which she'll tell us all about, of course. Let's welcome Joanna to Philly Press Box Radio. Hey, Joanna, how you doing? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, before we talk about Dish It Up, that big event at the link, tell our viewers and listeners about the domestic violence agency that you run in Philly, Women Against Abuse. How long has the agency been around and how did you come to get involved with it? Yes, um, Women Against Abuse has been around for 46 years. Women Against Abuse is the um, some leading domestic violence organization in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we run our safe havens to safe havens or oftentimes referred to as shelter. We also have the only legal center um, where we are represented both at family court and criminal court supporting domestic violence survivors. And we also provide the citywide hotline for anyone who's in crisis or just has general questions about this situation that they may be in. 
and we provide an array of different housing support services and social services. How severe a problem is domestic abuse in the Philly area? Unfortunately, it is a real problem. Um, in Philadelphia, our 911 um, police department responds to over 100,000 calls to domestic violence a year. Unfortunately, in 2021, we saw an increase in homicides as a result of domestic violence, more than doubling the, the, the year prior. Um, so again, it is a very unfortunate uh, reality for many Philadelphians here. So next month, May 18th, at the link for crying out loud, dish it up, and it's going to raise funds for survivors of domestic violence. And it's not just a fundraiser, it's a competition involving some terrific chefs. And are they all women chefs? Did I see that? It's a woman chef competition. It's exciting. Um, this is a profession that's dominated by men. So this is an opportunity for us to really highlight the amazing chefs that we have in Philadelphia. And as I understand it, Troy Vincent and wife Tommy will be there at the link. And in fact, they're going to be honored as advocates of the year. Now, Troy is already a past winner of the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for his charity and volunteer work. Why were he and Tommy chosen for this Advocates of the Year Award? Absolutely. Troy and his wife, who's also a chef, they have been true advocates of domestic violence because of their own experience with domestic violence. You know, Troy and his wife have been um, very open about their, their testimonies. It's a great testimony. It's about survivors. They are survivors of domestic violence and really wanting to take a stance to really eradicate this, that it needs to stop, that it's not, we cannot normalize this. And they have really truly been champions. Them and, and their entire family really truly been advocates to do everything to raise awareness around domestic violence, to raise awareness about resources that may be available to individuals who are experiencing domestic violence. And for that, we, we definitely want to, to honor them and celebrate them and, you know, continue to, to, um, to encourage them to continue the great work that they do. And again, the event is May 18th at Lincoln Financial Field. Can folks still get tickets for that? Absolutely. It is going to be an amazing event. As you mentioned at Lincoln Financial Field, we took everything into consideration with everything that's going on in all worlds of this pandemic. And so we're going to have it at the open kind of concourse, which is a great place for social distancing and, and allows us to adhere to all the CDC guidelines. Uh, but yes, you can still buy tickets. You can visit womenagainstabuse.org. So we're make, trying to get everyone engaged because domestic violence does not discriminate, no matter the gender, the age, the socioeconomic class. So we wanted to make it as welcoming as possible for everyone to participate who really want to contribute. Um, all of the fundraising um, goes directly to Women Against Abuse to support our ongoing services to survivors of domestic violence. It is gonna be great. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Joanna, and I'll see you May 18th. Thank you so much for having me. Hope to see you all there. And joining us now, an all-time great Philadelphia Eagles cornerback and currently NFL Executive Vice President in charge of football operations, it's Troy Vincent. Hey, Troy. Thanks for having me. Hey, Troy, I'm friends with both Ray Dinger and Glenn Mack now. They've both been on our show numerous times. And last June, Ray did a terrific Tell Us Your Story with you, which is when I learned about your time as a youth in Trenton and then at Pensbury High, of course. And I was really moved by hearing about what 
you went through, unfortunately, as a child. You witnessed as a seven or eight-year-old kid your mother getting physically abused multiple times by a boyfriend. I guess that's something you're never completely going to put behind you. But is that what inspired you and your wife, Tommy, to work with organizations like Women Against Abuse? Yes, absolutely. And what I did, I made a commitment to my mother at the age of 16. It was the time when I once uh, I gave my life to Christ during that time. But 16 and why 16 is was important to me during that time, because it was that that moment in my life where I felt physically capable of defending my mother. Hmm. Um, so, again, I was introduced to to domestic violence again around that seven or eight years of age. And that happened, you know, through my teenage years. And it was that time, 16, gave my life to Christ. And then physically, I felt like I can now confront my mom's boyfriend. Like, no more. Don't don't put your hands on my mom anymore. So it was that time where I made that commitment to my mother. Come full circle. Years later, college. After college, I get married. Come to find out as I'm, I'm, I'm dating my wife, my wife to be, my wife now, Tommy, uh, that she was a survivor. Fast forward years later, we have a child. Our, our, our daughter had was a, uh, a survivor. And this thing has come full circle for us as a family. And this must end. And at some juncture, uh, we as men, we talk about women against abuse. This fight is about men against abuse. So that's kind of the uh, what I share it with Ray during that time and I share it with others because they always ask me my why and, and, and when it began. And it began when those I first start hearing that sound of flesh being thrown against the wall, the moaning and the crying and the hollering. And then as a child, you're you're helpless and no one's around to, to support you. I hear you. Well, the organization Women Against Abuse next month will honor you and your wife as its advocates of the year. That's a great honor. We're thankful. The work that Women Against Abuse, the, the work that they do in the city um, is outstanding. And, and my, again, something that my wife and I, our children, uh, we don't take lightly. Uh, we've committed ourselves um, for this fight to end violence against women and young girls. Um, and it's something that is it's a daily talk. It's a daily fight. It's daily education. And frankly, it's a daily challenge to men and in particular men that we must end this vicious cycle. Well, Troy, the sport you played can be a violent one. The NFL has taken numerous steps over the years to try to protect its players better. Does the league do enough in terms of, you know, the rules and regulations and what else can be done? As, as it pertains, we've adjusted over time. I think we've learned some valuable lessons. Um, each occurrence that, that happens as, we, as it pertains to violence against women, young girls, um, each have their own identity. And I think we've learned that through time. We have adjusted, and it's something that I would encourage um, every individual listening is to encourage your workplace to create policies that promote sanctions that prevent violence against women and young girls. Uh, we've done that. Not perfect, uh, but we've done that. Uh, we've accepted the challenge of making sure that our policies reflect uh, current situations and that, that women feel safe, in, the, in particular, in the workplace. And then there's the work that has to be done you know, outside of work. This is a challenge to each of us as men. But we, we've made progress in this particular area, but the numbers don't lie. And that's something that we let in everything that we do, and in particular our sport, data drives what we do. Data drives how we engage with fans. Data drives how the game progresses. But this data hasn't changed, and it must change. 
when you just think about women are assaulting beating every nine seconds every nine think about that every nine seconds one out of three women is physically abused by our partner during our lifetime these are numbers that have not changed in decades one out of every five teenage girls has been threatened by their boyfriend with violence or some kind of self-harm if presented with a breakup every day more than three women are murdered by their husband or boyfriend it's sickening here in the united states domestic violence is the leading cause of injury we don't talk about it enough more than car accidents, muggings, and rape combined. What does that say? Our silence says that we're okay with that. So glad to see that you and uh, organizations like Women Against Abuse are continuing to, uh, you know, deal with this situation and try to improve the situation. Let's lighten the mood a little bit, Troy. Uh, you wore number 23 during your entire 15-year NFL career. Is that because of your admiration of a certain six-time NBA champion who wore that number? I love Mike. I wanted to be like Mike. But I'm going to say this. I wore number 21 in high school. Hmm. When I got to Wisconsin, someone else was wearing number 21, a senior. So I couldn't have it. So I just went to the next number, 22. When I finished my college experience, when I was drafted by the Dolphins, it was a running back there who wore the number 22. So I couldn't have. 22. So I just went to the next number, 23. But Mike, yes, I grew up wanting to be like Mike. So I went to 21 in high school, 22 in college, and then 23 in the pros by well, default. Yeah. Speaking of your time in the pros and the Dolphins, prior to your eight years with the Eagles, you did play your first four seasons with Miami, which happened to be the last four years they were coached by the legendary Don Shula. Some very good Dolphins teams. Still, any special memories of Coach Shula? Oh, great. I mean, just Coach Shula was like, just like Coach Dandela. There was a phase of my life in high school when someone spoke life into me in college, Coach Barry Alvarez, and then my first pro coach. Coach Don Shula picked me up in his crown, crown Victoria from the Miami Dade airport. And I just remember his first words was, I can only protect you for two years. Your talent can only carry you so far. You got to become a student of the game. And those words resonated with me because I didn't understand him at first. Then I realized that being a student of the game of football will allow me to have an extended playing experience, uh, which it did. I mean, great coach, great motivator, understood people understood that having a locker room that was made up of different people from different walks of life and different backgrounds, it created a, a good culture. Um, and the only thing that mattered, frankly, was winning. Well, during your eight years with the Eagles under Ray Rhodes and then, of course, Andy Reid, you made five Pro Bowls, made All-Pro a couple of times. But your final three seasons in Philly, 01 through 03, all ended the same way with losses in the NFC Conference Don't Championship. remind me of that. I am so sorry. That was frustrating Stop for that. all of us fans, Troy. I can only imagine what it was like for you. Okay, this is this is where the shift in the conversation. <laughs> it was, you know what? We just couldn't get over that hump. And I tell people today, I've lost four championship games. And actually three of them at home, two of them happen to be at the link. And you just go, man, even when Tampa, that's the one that, that sticks out the most because everything says yeah. that we were supposed to beat Tampa. The warm weather culture team doesn't play well up north. Everything was, everything was right. <laughs> and we just fell short, just like the Carolina Panthers. We should have beat that football team. We were like better that. than the Carolina Panthers there, but they beat us. They were a better football team that day. 
I'm sorry to bring that up, Troy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, now, <laughs> now my day is going to take a complete shift. I'm going to be thinking about that all how the week. How oh, did Jared no. Bishop catch that ball and run for 50-something yards? Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I know as an NFL executive, you can't really openly root for a particular team anymore. But, hey, having grown up in Trenton and played eight years with the Birds, I'm sure you keep tabs on what the Eagles are up to. How close are they right now, do you think, to being a legitimate contender? You always have a chance every year. you got to keep your team healthy. I think they have a promising young QB that I believe that that his teammates believe in him. Uh, they played solid on defense uh, at times last year. I think shoring up the back end, they, they have a chance. And I've always believed if you can keep a team healthy, uh, you don't need a bunch of stars at this level. That's one of the things that I've learned. It's not the most talented teams that win on Sunday. It's the teams that make the least amount of mistake and can remain healthy throughout that, that duration of the season. And then gelling with the right chemistry at the right time, you win. You produce wins. Uh, so I, I do believe, obviously, I monitor because all my family's back there, these cowboy folks. Um, you know, we just can't seem to keep them quiet for, for just five minutes. Um, but I'm, I do monitor. I do monitor the team. Um, I love watching them, them play. I support them. Family, obviously. Everyone bleeds green in the family. So um, I do keep a special eye on them. You know, on Sunday during my during my workday, Sunday Mondays and thir- Sunday Mondays and Thursdays, um, I just try to make sure that there's competitive balance and the games are are fairly uh, officiated. Hey, I know you're not uh, big on personal accolades, but you're in the Eagles Hall of Fame, the Pennsylvania Hall of Fame, the Pensbury Hall of Fame, of course. You've been nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, very worthy. And uh, the Eagles have been around nearly 90 years, and you and Eric Allen are widely considered by pretty much everybody to be the very best cornerbacks in their long history. How does that make you feel? Special. I'm thankful. But I I would just say this. I was able to play well. I had great coaches, Jim Johnson and Leslie Frazier and Ray Rose and, and, and frankly, Emmett Thomas changed my career. He taught me to be a special player. I had some tools that God gave me, and I was just able to apply them on the field. Coach Reed comes in, and again, talking about Coach Coach Johnson, I played with some great players. One of the, be- the best players I ever played with, whether that was in Miami, Philly, Buffalo, and the one, the one year in Washington, Brian Dawkins. Um, Hugh Douglas, uh, Jeremiah Trotter. I had some great teammates around me that that complimented Bobby Taylor. We all complimented each other, and we we were sound in our assignments. Didn't give up. It was simple. Don't give up the big ball. You challenge the guy that's in front of you. Don't make it. A, don't try to be a hero. And the game is about you. Don't get pissed off that a calls doesn't allow you. It's not your call that Coach Johnson was calling the play. And you celebrate everyone else's victories. You celebrate other your your teammates' success. That's what makes it special. People will choose who they think were good players or Hall of Fame players. I was just happy to be part of a a good locker room um, that was well coached and guys believed in one another. Well, you have a website, TroyVincent.com, imagine that, which is uh, less about football and more about your various charitable efforts, giving back. People should definitely check that out. And by the way, I know the reason, but why are you and Tommy wearing Ohio State gear in so many of those pictures? So we happen to have a son <laughs> who thought he should be, actually graduates in three weeks, who's a Buckeye, um, Teron. Teron's our middle boy. Um, he's going into a senior year uh, with the Ohio State Buckeyes. So obviously I'm a dad on Saturdays, and 
uh, for my wife and I, Tommy, to, to go and, and spend time in Columbus or wherever they're playing is, is special. It allows us to be fans and happy, proud parents. Uh, we're big tenors for life. So my all but Troy Jr. went to NC State. And, but, yep, so that's why you see the, the gear every week of the, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes. My wife doesn't allow me to wear a lot of Wisconsin gear around because she said, <laughs> hey, those days are over. We're both supposed to be supporting our son. So I expect you to change your gear immediately. Troy, this has been a blast. Anything else we should mention about Women Against Abuse or the May 18th Dish It Up event at the link? I'm looking I'm, I'm looking forward to dishing up. My wife's a chef. I'm looking yeah. forward to, frankly, this is about how do we support Women Against Abuse? How do we support the organization? This is a fundraiser. We support, we strongly support, and we encourage others to support um, these organizations that are doing great work, as we would say, boots on the ground in the street that are changing lives um, of survivors. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to eating. I'm looking forward to my wife being able to look at the other chefs and then she'll be critiquing. And I'm so I'm looking forward to that. But I'm looking forward for a great night at the link. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Let's go. Fly, Eagle, fly. Wow. You know, um, I, I'm just going to say, Chet, that I, I'm seeing this for the first time like everybody else except you. Um, I love the passion. I love the passion and everything in his voice from everything that he's done, doing. Uh, and and I'll, I'll say this. We've, had, we've been doing, what, uh, 388 shows, I believe, today is? Something like that, 387, 388, yeah. Whatever it is. And I will tell you, th- this is the guy that we've had on that I'm going to meet. I've never met. I'm going to meet that guy. And He's awesome. I He's just, awesome. I really, really think he was great. And uh, I, I'm, I'm about the passion. I'm about – he's a football player. That's what football players are all about. And uh, – it, it doesn't matter if they're on the football field or doing something else. He's all in, he's, and he's, he was great, really good. I can't wait to meet him in person on May 18th. I'll be at the event, and uh, it, it's going to be terrific. And congrats to Troy and his wife, Tommy. They're being honored as Advocates of the Year by Women Against Abuse. So uh, it's going to be a great night, and I really, really look forward to it. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, he's a good man. Yeah, and shout out to uh, Joanna as well. She was she was excellent in her part, and excellent and great job by you on uh, bringing that all together and, and passing the message on. Nice job. Check womenagainstabuse.org for ticket information. And by the way, I know we have a lot of new viewers and listeners tonight, some people from the organization. And Troy was nice enough to give us a, a post or repost on Facebook uh, reporting about this tonight and uh, posting about it. So, Hey, if you're a Philly sports fan, join us. We're here every Wednesday night. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And all our shows are on YouTube also. So subscribe on there. And we have uh, great Philly guests every single week. Absolutely. All right, Chet. Wow. 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 That's all I got for you as well. Hey, is your couch getting more mileage in your car? If so, it's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you know it, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offer. Pay-per-mile car insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. So see how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. 
in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That would be Dave Lavoie. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, the number is 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio. Thank you, Ray. Hey, Chet, let's talk Phillies. I mentioned in the opening, uh, hitting season can't come soon enough. Phillies are struggling to get things going. They did get a win today. They're sitting five and eight now. Certainly not the start we were looking for. And uh, I was going to say to you uh, tonight that it might be time the Joe Girardi hot seat starts warming up. And uh, I'm a day late because apparently Philly radio hit it this morning. They're after Joe. Yeah, both of the Philly talk stations, you know, write articles related to uh, all the sports. And both of them yesterday or this morning had articles about Joe Girardi being on the hot seat. And why not? You know, they're five and eight. So that's uh, certainly understandable. But while it's a disappointment, Bill, you know, we thought they would have scored a lot more runs. My calculator tells me that 13 games is 8% of a 162-game season. So that means they're still... 92% of the season yet to be played. Now, there are concerns, I know, still too early, though, in my mind, to make a rush to judgment about this team or about Joe Girardi. Now, if we're still talking about this uh, underachieving team in early or mid-May, you know, then we'll get further into it. Yeah, well, I mean, you can only make up the lineup, right? Um, You can't can't hit for them. You can't pitch for them. Bryce Harper's going to come around. We we pretty well know that. Uh, the the juggling of the lineup. I guess the big thing that uh, that I still have a concern about, and we'll we'll talk with Jack when he gets with us here in just a second, is uh, who's the leadoff hitter? Who's setting the table for this for this uh, lineup? And there isn't one unless it's O'Double coming back soon. We'll see what Jack says about that. Well, speaking of Jack, he's ready to go, and I, he's in a good mood now because the Phillies won a game finally. Well, we have the man that's going to tell us all, sort it all out for us, WIP High Hopes co-host Jack Fritz. Jack, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Plenty of Phillies to talk about. Yeah, thank God they won today, or else this would not have been uh, as joyous as an occasion. Um, But yeah, today was a massive win and, uh, you know, kind of got them going hopefully a little bit, a nice little offensive explosion. And let's hope that it's one of these, you know, kind of jumpstart wins for this team. A couple of weeks back, we had your pal James Seltzer on with us, and I think it was the night that you guys did your live High Hopes show on WIP, and I think you both were pretty optimistic uh, about this season. I think James said 88 or 89 wins. I said 88. Bill said 89. You went with 91, if I'm not mistaken. You still feeling 91 wins, Jack? We're all idiots. All th- all four of us were we're, we're, we're all idiots. No, yeah, um, like ninety one, probably not happening. But I, I definitely haven't thrown in the towel. You know, I I've been so frustrated. Like, obviously, listen, it, it's been eleven years without play- playoff baseball. Like, everyone has a a perfectly fine right uh, to be frustrated with this baseball team because it it has been frustrating, and they kind of look the same heading into Miami. Yeah. But the thing I kept coming back to was heading into today uh, was they're four and eight. You know, like if this happened in July, no one cares. It's like a it's like a slow star or a slow midseason thing. So I believe in the talent. Don't believe in the manager, uh, but I believe in the rest of the talent. And I believe um, I believe in their urgency to win. So do I think 91 still? Probably not. But 
I don't think 88 is is still off the table. You know, I think I think that they still have the talent. They still have the upside. They still have the MVP. Um, do they need Zach Wheeler to not be throwing 93? Yes, they they need him to be back to 97, 98. But other than that, like I just don't. I'm not pressing the panic button yet on this team. I think there's too much talent, and and I, I still think 86 to 89 ish wins is is definitely still doable. Well, let's get to the lineup. Uh, I think you were you were in the back uh, when I said what I said about uh, a leadoff hitter. Uh, I don't believe they have one. I don't know where they're going to get one unless it is Oduble, who did a nice job for a while last year with that. Then he faded. Um, who's it going to be? Somebody, somebody got to be on base. Yeah, and it's it's like whoever they put there, I feel like automatically fails. They might as well just put a pitcher up there and just like get the first out out first out out of the way, so we can just move on to the rest of the lineup. Uh, the thing that's frustrating is that uh, for me is that Schwarber was brought in to be the leadoff hitter. I know he doesn't look like a traditional leadoff hitter, but and they ditched it after five games. Um, and yeah, maybe this little stretch here, batting in the five six hole, um, has gotten him going a little bit, and maybe they'd feel comfortable moving him back up there. Um, but I, I want to see Schwarber put back up there just to know it doesn't work. If that makes sense. Like he was designed to be the leadoff hitter for this team. I mean, he has a good on base percentage career wise. Um, he can obviously drive the ball, the ballpark quickly. Um, I, I felt like these last two games, he's kind of gotten back to actually working pitchers. I feel like early in the season, it was just like, dude, you're down, you're down Oh two every single time I see you. So um, you know, Oduble doing it sounds like a disaster. I mean, I know like he can do it, but it's just like that's not a great option either. Um, you know, Segura is like a he's like a classic two hole hitter for me. I don't love him in the leadoff spot. I don't love JT in the leadoff spot. So um, I would see if, if this Kyle Schwarber little resurgence here is real and put him back that back up there and hope everything kind of just clicks from there. But you also don't want to mess with what's working, and I I really like their approach the last two nights. So. You know, if, 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 I mean, in the last two nights, they've, caught, they've scored five and nine runs with pretty much the same lineup. If Segura struggles, Segura struggles. Maybe just leave him up there and, and see if we can, can get some runs on the board. Alec Bohm got off to a, you know, kind of shaky start this year, particularly defensively. Uh, they kept him out of the lineup for a while, but he has hit this year. And for me, Bohm has been a real pleasant surprise of late. He knocked in, I think, three runs today, including the two run homer. He and the other guy, Johan Camargo, who looks like a great pickup now, four hits today. They're the two most pleasant surprises over the last week or so for me. What do you think? Yeah, and I mean, Johan Camargo Johan Camargo is the kind of player that winning teams have. Like he can play multiple positions, can can hit, obviously, which we've seen. I think he's six for his last nine with a homer. And it's just like, wow, I did, definitely didn't expect this. Um, and I mean... People do forget that he was a really good third baseman uh, for the Braves. And then they were like, hey, we have a chance to get Josh Donaldson. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll take that anytime we can get it. Um, and it, it's crazy. Like, you look at his AAA numbers last year, and it's like, I, shout out to the Phillies for picking him up. I mean, he's like over 320 with like 14 homers. So they might have lucked into, uh, you know, uh, a diamond in the rough here in Johan Camargo. And honestly, 
the DD injury might be a bit of a, a blessing in disguise. You know, they, I don't know what his status is. You know, last time x-rays were negative on a hand. Mickey Moniak was making, <laughs> missing like six weeks of the season. So, you know, have Camargo at short. I don't think he's going to be able to have unbelievable range, but I also think he's going to make every play in front of him. He, he seems to have really quick hands, uh, a bit of a vacuum out there, uh, has a hose for a right arm. Um, and I don't think Bohm... He is hitting too well to where you have to keep him in a lineup, in a lineup that's been inconsistent. And I actually don't think his defense has been that bad. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, early in the year, it was just, like, just insane. Made a couple but, real nice plays today. Yeah, like, uh, and <laughs> just make the plays in front of you. Like, that's all I need. I don't, I'm not asking for, for you to turn into Aaron Otto out there. Just, mm-hmm. you know, feel the ball that's in front of you and throw at the first base. And he's done a good job of that recently. Um, you know, he made a nice little play today where he's charging in on a ball and barehanded. And it's like, cool, we'll, we'll take that. So uh, you hope the early season thing kind of woke him up a little bit um, and we can get the best version of Alec Bum. I always believed in the bat. I felt like people were way too down on the bat. I mean, he's the number three pick in the draft. He batted 338 his rookie year. Like, I'm sorry the league adjusts to him in his second year. It's on you. The, the greats adjust back. And... Um, Credit to him, and he's doing what we wanted him to do, which was lift the ball and and not just have these weak little ground balls to the shortstop. I mean, even the sack fly today, it's like I feel like last year that's a ground ball to shortstop. So um, you can't take him out of the lineup. I think his defense. I think his defense has been like okay enough. Um, and other than that, like just too important. Like lengthens this lineup so much. I mean, yesterday today, like <laughs> it went JT Schwarber, Bohm, Camargo. At the at the bottom of the lineup, that is tough to consistently beat. Well, I want to ask you a question that that I have a real question mark in this lineup about uh, Bryce Harper. We know he's going to hit. You know he's going to come around. Um, he's hitting two twenty. Reese Hoskins is also hitting two twenty. Uh, I'm not sure he's coming around. I'm not sure um, that he is all that at this point. He's been had more down years than up years. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, Reese is, I, I, I like the player. I, I like the guy. Um, and the, his problem, like we, we know is, is he goes through these big ups and downs. It's like for, for a month, he's the, one of the best right-handed hitters in baseball, driving the ball in the yard. And then he'll just be pretty brutal for a month. And last year I felt like he got back to consistency. I would say not, throwing in the towel on his season just yet because i do think that last year he was in a good spot from a run producing standpoint um and i know you you can't take out an O for 34 streak but if you take out the O for 34 streak his overall stats actually didn't they were more consistent than not um but yeah it's definitely frustrating you know it, it looks like we're could be trending towards another like 245 25 homer season and um how valuable is that but I, I I do think that he's done a better job recently at working pitchers. He's 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 gotten back into some deeper counts, and you just hope that the walks can kind of get continue along here. Um, but you know I, I do want to see him continue to work with Kevin Long because I think Kevin Long's his kind of hitting coach. You know he's a professional hitting coach that uh, does preach think right center field, think right center field, and when when Reese is thinking in that gap, it's it's usually we're getting a good version of Reese Hoskins. So. Um, I totally get your frustration, and I think a lot of people do feel that way, but uh, not ready to, to totally throw in the towel on, on Reese's 2022 yet. Well, okay. speaking of frustration, uh, Aaron Nola, 
2018. Can I jump in on you for just a second? I want to throw this up here. Oh, the, this is breaking news. news. Yeah. There you go. Jay Wright has resigned from yep. the Villanova Wildcats. And yeah, pretty wild. Look here, says retiring. That'll be interesting to see, but I'll throw that up there. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go ahead, back at it. Very, very surprising. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Speaking of surprising, Aaron Nola uh, has not been that great over the last few years. He was uh, runner-up for Cy Young Award in 2018, finished third, I believe. He had a decent 2019, but since then, he's 15 and 16 with an ERA around four and a half. Not only is that not ace-like, that's more like a third or fourth starter kind of statistic. Uh What's your take on Nola? Is are we ever going to see the 2018-19 version of him again? No, no. <laughs> that is, it's like it's like Carson's uh, Carson's 2017. I don't think we'll <laughs> no. we'll, we'll ever see that again. Um, honestly, I, I'm just hoping we can, can get a solid number three now out of out of Knowles. Um, and it is, it's just. I just don't trust him. I just, I, I, I want to be all in, you know, he's a homegrown guy. One of our few draft picks that have actually turned out decently well and, um, you know, came out through the system and he's been here for a while and 2018 was magical, but you just can't, <laughs> you just, you can't trust him. Um, and it feels like whenever a runner gets on first base, he kind of shrunks his shoulders a little bit and gets down and um, it, it just lets those kind of, hits and walks compound and it and doesn't just shut it down and that's what makes it so frustrating as a pitcher it's like dude bad things are going to happen it's baseball it's the hardest sport in the world like things are not going to go your way you got to be able to, to to come together and figure it out so um he just does, has never done that and he's really struggled at doing that for the last two years and i just i don't <laughs> Again, uh, give me six innings and three rounds or less, and I'm happy at this point. And I can't believe that we're talking about that with this with Aaron Nola, who is, again, a couple years removed from from a runner up in the Cy Young and a two three eighty ERA. But like, you have to readjust. I think everyone just has to like readjust their expectations with Nola. We can't stop. We can't think he's 2018. We also can't think he kind of is is the worst. He's like somewhere in the middle. Um, but I, I don't have a good feeling about uh, him even being a, a solid number two at this point, I think he's just a number three and ultimately Pete McCannon might've been right. Hmm. Well, it's, it's certainly too early to judge the bullpen as well, like with everything else. Um, but it looks like we may have shored up the back end, but we're still having lots of trouble in the middle. Uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of same results so far. Yeah. The nice part is that Knable is definitely locked down. Um, he, you know, he is just I, the way I explain it is that I don't know how you consistently put together, like string together three, three hits against them. Um, you know, cause it's, it's power 94 up at your hands of four seam fastballs up in the zone. That's hard to, to, to drive. It's hard to, to get on top of. That's why it's become such a phenomenon in baseball is like, power fastballs up in the zone because it's hard to square up. So um, he is tough to square up and they drops that curveball on you. And I just think that in like, he'll blow saves. I don't think we're getting the <laughs> Brad Lidge 48 for 48, but um, on most nights, I think Canable's going to get the job done. Um, he, he looks legitimately um, locked down the ninth. Now, Familia <laughs> didn't like him in New York, was worried about him here. Um, and these last two games have just been the the, the microcosm of the Jerry's familiar kind of existence where it's like 
yeah, it's 97, but he has no idea where it's going. Last night, I don't totally blame it on him. Like, I was, I was frustrated that JT called a slider there. Like, I don't know why you're trying to speed up CJ Crone's bat in that situation. You know, give him a 97 mile an hour turbo sinker and see what he does with it. You know, like <laughs> his slider is hittable in that scenario. Um, I'm, I just don't, I don't fully trust Familia, but I don't think he's a disaster. So I will say with the bullpen and, this year more than in years past is that I do think that there's at least four options at the back end that I think most nights are going to get the job done. Bullpen pitchers are bullpen pitchers for a reason because they're not starters. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be the, the most control. They're not going to be unbelievable. Um, but on most nights, I do think Canable, Familia, I guess, <laughs> Brad Hand, who I've just been pleasantly surprised with. I thought yeah. he was cooked. Um, still might be like, I'm not like super jumping all in on Brad hand, but has been good so far. So I'll trust him for now. And I do think Sir Anthony looks legitimately good. Um, I, I do get Girardi pulling him last night. Um, I mean, he was up fifth, sixth, so he did get fully warmed up. He probably threw really close to 50 pitches, which is a lot for a bullpen pitcher. So I think those four are guys that they have not had in years past. And then you add in the Alvarados and, and who I can't believe he had a one, two, three, eighth today. That was the, the biggest <laughs> was nice. shock, shock of my life. So listen, the bullpen is, is going to be inconsistent because that's what bullpens are. Um, especially with this bullpen where they all throw 95 to a hundred. So, um, that's going to be, it's going to be a roller coaster on most nights, but I do think that at least in those four, it's better than we've had in years past. Hey, Jack, we didn't leave enough time to talk Eagles, but uh, I did want to ask you one thing. And you made me laugh last year when you were on with Seltzer, filling in for ESP one time. And it had to do with the name of their football <laughs> show, Go Birds. And I have the same issue as you have. You say when you're oh. out and wearing some Eagles gear and somebody yells, Go Birds! You don't really know what to do. And I have the same thing. Unless I'm drinking... You know, I don't. I don't feel right. Also, going, go birds or fly eagles fly. So, tell me about your experience with that. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like. Well, what are your credentials for being an Eagles fan? You know, like, <laughs> how am I supposed to trust you? You know, like, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know. I don't know what you've seen. You know, I don't know if you live and die with the team like I do. I, I just, you know, I think the go birds is 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 resigned for the diehards and i think too many i've seen too many fake fans say go birds that i know are fake fans like that's my problem is that i see these kids from high school that like back in the day were like ah why do you like sports so much like i don't know i just like sports and then now they're eagles fans and they're like ah go birds i'm like see that's what i can't have i can't have i can't have the frauds i don't handle frauds well i don't handle frauds well at all so um it i, I just i don't like it I'll stick with like, I'll stick with, I like the Eagles chant. I think the Eagles chant is good. A deep E to start it off. And then the the whole stadium does it. It's beautiful. The go birds. I I, I just, I can't do it. I I, I never feel comfortable doing it. Don't love it. And I think too many frauds have jumped on board with the go birds. Uh, Hey, I have one final question. I'm not going to let you off the hook. Uh, You made a comment right at the opening. Uh, You don't have confidence in the manager. Uh, we can't let you go without uh, exploring that for just a second. So what do you got? Well, I just, it's crazy how every decision he makes seems to backfire. Um, you know, I don't think that's totally his fault, but I do feel like uh, even when his process is, is right. And I agree with it. It's like, it just backfires. Um, and, and generally when I, when I watch him, I don't get why, I guess I don't get why young players have no leash 
and why old players have all kinds of leash and why like the the bullpen stuff it's like he just leaves guys in when their stuff's already declining and we see it declining at home and it's like well I, I I understand like you can't blow through the entire pen right now, but also we, we're still in this game. Like even last night they it ended up working out, but like Andrew Bellotti in the eighth, like we didn't know know who he was, and he's pitching a one run game. He's exactly. pitching a one run game in Colorado in the eighth inning when the when your team's struggling the way they are. He got out of it, and then maybe they have something there in him, but. Um, it's stuff like that, you know, like Christopher Sanchez, they extended him in inning too long a couple of days ago. Uh, Nick Nelson, who gave him like three really good innings out of nowhere. He's like, ah, put him back out there for his fourth inning. And he started getting hit around a little bit. Um, and I just don't think that's stuff that going forward uh, is going to ultimately work out for the team. So it's, it's a lot of that stuff. Now, the nice part is that it's AL baseball now. So you don't have to worry about double switches. You don't have to worry about pulling guys. You don't have to worry about pinch hits and stuff like that so it's way easier now but um like the, the bullpen management stuff guys can't go back to back days but then Familia's out there today but sir anthony can't you know um it feels like he's consistently managing for 162 rather than the day-to-day so that's the frustrating thing for me you know eventually we do have to string some wins together and i know you want to keep guys healthy for 162 but also we got to get some wins and if guys get hurt they get hurt i'm sorry that's the nature of, of baseball so um, I've just been frustrated with, from that standpoint. And if there's one thing that's kind of holding me back from going all in, it, it really is um, uh, Joe Girardi. All right. One all final right, thing before you go, uh, give a shout out to your High Hopes podcast. Where can people check that out and uh, and your WIP activities? Yeah. So um, listen to the High Hopes podcast if you want some more uh <laughs> probably too optimistic Phillies conversation. That's what we do. Uh, I can't help it. I, I, I wanted to be good so bad. I'm sorry if it's like very positive and for a team that's five and eight, but um, I, I feel pretty good about the team. So uh, check out that, check out Marks and Reese uh, between two and six. And uh, I'll be hosting this weekend one to four um, on right. Sunday on WIP. So check that good out deal. as well. All right, Jack. Well, Hey, we appreciate you coming by. Let's do this again. Always, always good stuff. All right, let's go Sixers. Let's uh, let's go three yeah. zero tonight. Why not? There you go. Thanks, Jack. Yep. Have a all good right. one. Let's take care. All right, Ted. Let's give a shout out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Always something new. Monday, the Broad Street Bullies podcast. They're talking Flyers. Monday mailbag with Joey Sharon. That's always a treat. Check that out. Tuesday, full time Philly. Eric Williamson is talking. Union soccer, good stuff. Talking Philly sports, Matty B on Tuesday nights. Us on Wednesday early this week, of course, Troy Vincent and Jack Fritz. Wednesday, tonight, 9.30, the big boys, Joey and Al, EOP Sports talking Sixers post game tonight. It'll be a little bit later. Thursday, Kyle Quinn, Bird's IQ inside the draft. And Saturday morning, breakfast with the boys, the Patterson Avenue Fanatics, 9 a.m. with your coffee and breakfast down and enjoy some great Philly sports talks. Jed, uh, let's talk about the draft. It's on this uh, coming up. You're part of it. I'm going to be a little part of it. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, we are just a week or so away now, Bill, from the main event, the NFL draft. We and the rest of the gang at Edge of Philly have big plans for our viewers and listeners. Great guests. 
like we've had, you know, recently, Paul Domowicz. We have another one next week. Of course, Troy Vincent uh, talking a little football with us tonight. And articles every single day on draft prospects. And then the live on remote shows during draft week. It all starts Thursday night with uh, round one of the draft. We'll be live from the Delco Cup. Joey Sheeran and company out there for that one on the 29th, which is next Friday. I'm going to be there at Marty McGee's. And yes, I can actually read it because it's yeah, not because I took it out on you. Right I there, know, buddy. but I wrote it down just in case <laughs> Marty McGee's. I will be there next Friday night. We'll be talking about, uh, I guess, the second and third rounds of the draft. And then a big wrap up show on Saturday at the Red Lantern as the NFL draft 2022 concludes. Come on out, have a few beers with us. Say hello. Maybe we'll even uh, put you on the air with us. Who knows? So that's all next week. Great stuff. Join us. And I may be on the Sunday wrap-up show of the whole draft. So uh, that's right. kind of what it's looking like for me. So I will be part of that as well. And uh, looking forward to it. Check out the on-location stuff. It's going to be great. Uh, come check out all the guys and uh, and enjoy your time there talking all kinds of Eagles and all kinds of NFL football. Mm-hmm. All right, Chet. Uh, great guest tonight in Troy Vincent. Obviously, Joanna Otero. Cruz was awesome as well. Jack Fritz was awesome as well. Uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? You got a high bar right now, my friend. We are on a roll with terrific guests, and that continues next week, Bill. Of course, next Wednesday is Draft Night Eve. So, as has been the case the last couple of years, we're going to be joined by this guy talking about the draft and more. That's our old pal Mark Eckel to talk about what to expect during the draft from the Eagles and others. And then we have a second guest as well, Bill, and it is another one of our old favorites. She'll talk a little Phillies with us and also tell us about the second annual Kendall's Crusade One-Armed Golf Challenge. It happens at the end of May, and that, of course, is Kendall's mom, former NBC Sports Philly, Phillies reporter Leslie Goodell. So a couple of great ones for you next week, Bill. And, And we might even have a birthday cake, no? Yeah, because we are going to be turning eight years old on April 30th. We did our first show April 30th of 2014. And, yeah, that that is coming up on eight years. So, Is that a birthday cake or an anniversary cake? I don't know. We'll figure something out. Oh, we're going to be eight years old coming up very Or maybe some birthday spam. (laughs) Maybe not. It won't be that. (laughs) All right. Let's take another quick break and thank our friends over the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. People can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line reses that give you greater odds of winning. Check it out. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. Well, we didn't have time for a random chat, but do you have time for a parting shot? Well, Bill, you know, I have a few odds and ends. First of all, thank you for not making me talk about the Flyers. I will say, though, that our our former captain, Claude Giroux, in 14 games with the Florida Panthers, has two goals and 15 assists for 17 points, and he's a plus eight or plus nine. So good for Claude. Hopefully, 
they'll get to the finals, maybe even win a cup, even though and it's aren't not they, aren't they like 13 and one since he got there or something? Uh, like that. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> good for him. Me- meanwhile, the flyers, they just keep losing and I can't wait till that season is over. The USFL started last weekend. I watched some of the stars, new Orleans breakers game on Sunday. And you know what? It wasn't terrible. And hopefully the tens of fans who were in the stands down in Birmingham did enjoy it. There were literally under a hundred people in the stands watching that game when I was watching it. Yikes. Finally, Bill, he is not a Philly, but we are both a fan of former Atlanta Brave, Freddie Freeman. And this is what happened in the now Dodger first baseman's first at bat against his old team, the Braves. Monday. So it has been a journey for him emotionally getting to this point where he's comfortable and happy. Kevin, of course, signed less than a month ago still. Slices one deep left center field. Freddie Freeman hits his first home run as a Dodger in his first at-bat against the Braves. Hey, good stuff. And, you know, we, we like to recognize good players here at Philly Press Box Radio, even when they uh, they play for the other team. Another cool video that came up, Chet, is when uh, they first came, when the Braves first came on the field at Dodger Stadium, Freddie's young son was uh, on the field with him, and he saw Swanson from the Braves, and the son ran over full speed to get picked up and get a big hug from, <laughs> from Swanson. So, uh, you know, as, as I said last week and, uh, and our guest agreed, uh, the Braves lost a lot more than just Freddie Freeman, the first baseman. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one other thing before, uh, we do the good night for the, the week, um, this Saturday, the 23rd, there's a cool event at Dolan's bar and I'm going to be there for that too. It is, Doladelphia at Dolan's in Ridley Park. It's a wiffle ball event and a chugging beers for charity event. So, hey, I got to be there for that. Uh, yeah, Doladelphia. And according to the Dolan's Bar Facebook page, it's going to be the single greatest Philly sports day to hit Delaware County ever. So I will see you there at Dolan's this Saturday. Mickey Boy, if Morandini I knew that was coming there. up, we'd have given it our best Mickey Morandini, yeah. uh, you know, from Harry to Kay. Mickey that- Morandini. Kevin Stalker, too. I'll be there. See you. Wrap it up, Bill. That'll be fun. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Troy Vincent, Joanna Otero Cruz, Jack Fritz, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LakeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, April the 27th at 7 p.m. You can see us live or listen through our website, Philly Press Box Radio. See us live on Facebook or listen to us just on Blog Talk Radio. You can check it all out through all the podcasts, Apple, Google, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Sixers. Tip off in one minute.
Six.